Jesus said, Those who love me will keep my word, and my Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words, and the word that you hear is not mine, but is from the Father who sent me. Please pray with me. Dear God in heaven, we ask you as we do each week to join us here this morning, to be here with us, and we trust that you are here. May my words be your words and all of our thoughts your thoughts. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. Do you love me? You all missed your cue. (laughs) No. I took a risk singing notes with the first words I was going to say. I didn't properly warm up in the mirror, you know. But in in Fiddler on the Roof, if you recall, Tevye asks his wife, Golda, if she loves him. He sings it to her, of course. It's a musical. Do you love me? And your cue was to sing, do I what? Because that's how she responds to him. She says, and he, he asks again, do you love me? And she says, for 25 years, I've washed your clothes cooked your meals, cleaned your house, given you children, milked the cow. After 25 years, why talk about love right now? She ends up saying, I'm your wife. What do you think? But Tevia says, I know, but do you love me? And so we have here a situation in which two different kinds of love are being described. We have Tevia's love and Golda's love. When he asks her, do you love me? She lists all the stuff she does. I do this stuff for you. I've washed your clothes, cooked your meals, cleaned your house, even milked the cow. What do you think? But it's not enough for Tevia. He says, but do you love me? See, when Golda thinks of love, she thinks of a list of proofs, a list of actions that she has done. And Tevye finds this list unsatisfactory. He's still worried. He needs more. He's lived with this woman for 25 years. He's seen all the clean laundry and the milked cows, and he's still asking, do you love me? His idea of love is something more than his wife, something deeper, something that can't be quantified on a checklist, right? She thinks, I did the shopping, check, therefore I love my husband. But it doesn't work that way. Golda thinks that love is deeds, but Tevia needs a love that must come apart from deeds. For true love to be true love, it must be separated, Tevia thinks, from deeds. And this distinction becomes important for us this morning as we read Jesus's words from John when he says those who love me will keep my word and my father will love them and we will come and make our home with them whoever does not love me does not keep my words and the word that you hear is not mine but is from the father who sent me those who love me will keep my word 
and my father will love them. And just in case there was any confusion about what Jesus means when he says, keep my word, we can look back a few verses before our assigned reading started this morning. And Jesus says, if you love me, you will obey what I command. Shoot, right? He's talking about his commandments. There's no wiggle room here. If you love me, you will keep what I command. So it seems that Jesus is talking about the same kind of love as gold is, right? You want to know what love is? Foreigner asked. Love is deeds. Love is obedience. Love is taking out the trash. Love is cleaning the bathroom when you say you will. Love is making sure that there's a meal on the table. Love is being there, doing it. And for Jesus then, love would look like loving our neighbor as ourselves. Love would look like turning the other cheek. Love would look like giving everything we have to the poor. If you love me, Jesus says, you will obey what I command. But I'll tell you something. If this is all that Jesus is preaching, I'm not sure I want to be in the congregation. Now, of course, I'm setting you up a little bit here. This is not all that Jesus is preaching. But if it was, well, Jesus' sermon wouldn't sound that much different than the sermons of anybody you could name. Gandhi, Buddha, Muhammad, Joseph Smith, L. Ron Hubbard, any of them. This is the sermon of every politician, every life coach, every anonymous person you've ever seen quoted on your Facebook feed. Love each other. And that's not wrong. We should love each other. It's the second great commandment. We recite it and remind ourselves of it every single week. It's right, but it can't be it. Because if that was it, Jesus becomes the great moral teacher that we've all heard so much about, who is one of many paths to divine enlightenment. But Jesus, of course, has more to say. Right here in the same chapter, John 14, in between, incidentally, two commands to love. The first is at the end of John 13, at the Last Supper, when Jesus gives his disciples a new command to love each other as I have loved you. And the second, which we just read, to prove our love for Jesus by following his commands. Right in between those two commandments to love, Jesus says... John 14, 6, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Now, whatever else you might think about Jesus' claim here to be the way and the truth and the life, you have to admit that this is at least an incredible claim for a profound uniqueness, right? He's saying, I'm not like everyone else. They're not the way, I'm the way. They're not the truth, I'm the truth. They're not the life, I'm the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Now, for somebody to be claiming to be so unique, his command sure doesn't sound unique, does it? Love each other. Obey my commandments, which basically say love God and love each other. I mean, seriously, and just as a quick aside, 
This is why so many people can claim to like Jesus of Nazareth, but rail against what his followers have allegedly done with his message. Right? He just wanted people to love each other. You'll hear this. But Jesus is not just another in a long line of great moral teachers. He's not like Buddha or Joseph Smith. He's not even like Moses or John the Baptist. Jesus is unique. He is one of a kind. So let's look again at the passage we have before us this morning. But read on a little bit further. Jesus says, Those who love me will keep my word. My Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words, and the word that you hear is mine, is not mine, but is from the Father who sent me. I have said these things to you while I am still with you, but the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything and remind you of all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not let them be afraid. Do not let my heart be troubled. Do not be afraid. How can Jesus say this when he gives us these new commandments to follow and then says that if we want to prove that we love him, we have to follow them. Don't just love your neighbor. Love your enemy. And not just any kind of love. Love them as I have loved you. And then the audacity to claim that he's actually leaving us with something like peace. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give as the world gives. It sounds like he's giving exactly as the world gives. Love or else. But Jesus can't mean that. What does he mean? Listen here to the transition that happens between John 14.15 and 14.23. So just eight verses in between them. Listen to what happens here. First, if you love me, you will obey what I command. Then just eight verses later, those who love me will keep my word and my father will love them. Did you hear it? It's a small thing, but it's everything. If you love me, you will obey what I command. Those who love me will keep my word, and my Father will love them. That quickly, Jesus goes from making a conditional statement, if you love me, to making an unconditional statement. Those who love me will keep my word. Now, maybe you think this is just a sort of cheap preacher's uh, trick of the grammar, uh, I assure you that it's not. It only seems like a trick of the grammar because we are so wired like Tevye's wife, Golden, to assume that we need to prove our love by what we do and judging other people's love for us by what they do. But that's not what's happening here. This is Jesus making a new announcement something completely unique in the history of the world. And this is what Jesus is talking about when he says, I do not give to you as the world gives. The world, the place where we live, 
judges love by actions, right? We say, put your money where your mouth is. Coldy says, love, I've washed your sheets. Now, this kind of thing makes sense to us. When our heroes falter and ask for forgiveness, we say, well, your words are meaningless. We'll judge the quality of your penitence by your behavior from now on. This is the way the world gives. This is how we give. Who among us doesn't live our lives by this rule? If you love me, you will obey what I command. Jesus, of course, says this too. And it's true. It's what's required. But there is good news. And the good news is that Jesus gives what is required. He doesn't give as the world gives. He asks for the same thing that the world asks for. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. But then he gives the obedience that is required. And this is why Jesus can say, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Jesus takes the requirement, if you love me, you will obey what I command, and supplies an answer for the failures, you and me, who don't live up to that standard. Jesus has good news for sinners. He turns a requirement, if you love me, into an announcement. Those who love me will keep my word, and my Father will love them. This is why Jesus can say, I am the way and the truth and the life. He's changing everything about how love of God and love from God will work. He's changing the definition of love from gold is love to Tevye's love. He's turning love from a checklist into a gift, from a thing that needs to be deserved to a thing that is freely given to those who do not deserve it. Now this kind of love has no analog. It doesn't exist in other religions. It doesn't exist in philosophy. I was thinking this week that it doesn't even exist in fantasy. When we invent stories about the purest love, we can't even make up a love like this. When the princess kisses the frog or when beauty kisses the beast, they become handsome princes only because they were handsome princes all along. Their true beauty was only hidden. Even in our fantasies, we can't deal with a love that is actually given to the unlovable. We can't even conceive a story that is as good as the good news. Actual love for actual sinners. A princess wouldn't kiss a frog that was just a frog. Beauty wouldn't kiss a beast unless she saw that hint of princiness inside. They kiss if they get princes in return. But Jesus takes all the ifs of the world and turns them into wills. He turns if you love me into I will love you. He turns commandments into announcements. He comes offering his goodness to bad people 
you and me and taking our badness onto himself. This is what he accomplishes on the cross and this is what he guarantees by the empty tomb. He separates forever love from deeds by giving love to those who have accomplished nothing. So we're back to Tevye and Golden. Toward the end of their song, she asks, do I love him? For 25 years, I've lived with him, fought with him, starved with him. 25 years, my bed is his. If that's not love, what is? Tevye responds, then you love me? And she says, I suppose I do. And he says, and I suppose I love you too. And then they sing together. It doesn't change a thing. But even so, after 25 years, it's nice to know. Jesus says that those who love him will obey his word. He's not asking you to. He's not telling you to. He's promising that you will. But you know what? It doesn't change a thing. When we worry, when we look up to heaven and ask, like Tevye, do you love me? We can rest assured. We can rest assured. Remember, he has left his peace with us. We can rest assured that Jesus' love for us is not dependent on our list of accomplishments, but on his. It is not dependent on the quality of our lives, but on the quality of his. It is not dependent on our goodness, but on his. Do you love me? We cry. Even me. Even though I haven't done all the things that you said love looked like. And Jesus says, it doesn't change a thing. It was never dependent on you and was always dependent on me. Yes, I love you. I have loved perfectly. And I have given that perfect love to you. Amen.